This is the Courier Talking Football. My name is Ian Roach and with me are Jim Spence and Sean Hamilton. Well, hello, gentlemen. How are you doing this fine week? It's been nice weather anyway. Uh, uh, the weather's been fine. The football's been awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it certainly has been. Uh, on that note, uh, if we can cue in some uh, scary movie music, maybe the theme from The Exorcist or Halloween or something <laughs> like that, uh, we can then talk about Dundee United. Um, Jim, how, how terrified should United fans be right now? I mean, is it is it as bad as uh, summer making out, or are they just maybe a bit of an overreaction? Or how, how scared should we be? Yeah, well, it's it's it's, uh, Ken, it's Halloween mask stuff. I think um, Ian at the moment. I mean, I, you know, I've been I've written a couple of times recently that that you know Mickey Mellon deserves a wee bit of slack because effectively it is his it is a championship side which pretty much he inherited. He's not had a chance to bring in many of of his own players, um, but really they're on a form. I think it's one win in twelve now. Um, mm. It's really really alarming, and I noticed that you know in. Um, in the Courier and the Evening Telegraph, that the the Benjamin Segrist has now kind of leapt in, saying, "Look, we've you know we've got to step up to the plate. There is a serious problem. We've got to seriously think about relegation here." And they do. Um, you know, I mean, th- th- this this was fine. The quality of the football was was arguably very very poor, but that's always a subjective thing. Um, but there's a real sense now that United fans, a lot of United fans, have lost patience with what they're seeing, and this kind of run, this kind of run heralds doom and gloom. So, so they're absolutely right to be terrified of, of what's going on because they're not that far off the drop zone, and one win in twelve um, only points in one direction. They've got to get this sorted out. They've got to sort it out very, very quickly. Yeah, Sean, um, I think. Sigrid's words were that he used the word, the phrase "face facts." We need to face facts, mm-hmm. uh, and and you know, i.e., we're in a we're in a relegation battle. I mean, do we agree with Benji here? Uh, yeah, I mean, if you look at the momentum that United are, are, are well, they're not on the, they're not benefiting from it. They're on the wrong side of it almost. The lack of momentum might be more accurate. That's what's concerning about it because. I mean, they're st- they're still ahead of the likes of St. Johnson, albeit only just. But but we're not when when we talk about St. Johnson, we're not saying oh they're in a relegation battle, um, particularly at the moment with St. Johnston because of how they're doing. There's this sense that you know, well, you know, they'll be okay. They'll they'll kind of pull themselves away from it and they'll be fine. But with United, it's, it seems to be going in the other direction um, with results. So that's what's that's what the cause for concern is, um, and. Unless they can arrest that decline, then absolutely, yeah, it is. It is a, It has to be a concern um, because I think they're only they're only five points clear of Ross County, who are second yeah, bottom right, yeah. at the moment. I think, and and County themselves seem to be one of those teams that you would speak about and say, well, they might be all right actually, with John Hughes coming in and get a result against Hamilton um, there uh, in midweek. Whereas United started the season and went through. Till the new year, kind of well, getting results uh, in some cases, ones that you wouldn't mm-hmm. expect them to have got, or, or maybe even argue that maybe they didn't deserve to get some of them, but they got them because they were dogged and they they went about a game in a certain way. That seems to have changed uh, in recent weeks, in particular. So, if if that is if 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 recent results are an indicator of of how things are going to be then absolutely they're going to be in trouble. So Seagrest is, is correct to identify that and say, no, we've, we've got to have these serious conversations because this, if we don't, 
it's going to be a, get, become a very serious situation very quickly. Before I went off on a week's sunshine break to Costa del <laughs> Craigie Bank, um, I, I actually asked the question to Nicky Clark Beautiful. after. <laughs> I asked asked the question to Nicky Clark after the Hamilton game. I think it was. That seems like a, a world away now. Uh, are you looking behind you, or is it all looking forward? And he was saying, "Well, you know, a wee bit behind us, but mainly looking forward." It's just the mood music seems to have changed since. But just in a short space of time, Jim. I, I think, Ian, the, the, the thing is, look, I mean, you know, our bread and butter, you know, both in the the written game, the broadcast game, the podcast game is speaking to players and getting good lines from them and all the rest of it. And, and the secret stuff about, you know, when you get a player actually coming in and saying, you know what he said, um, he said, uh, you know, over the last 24 hours, you know that there's, there's obviously something going on within the squad. Players speak, players are unhappy, cards will be getting laid on the table. Um, but the simple truth here is quite simple. Um, as simple truths often are, they're not scoring goals. They can't keep goals out. It doesn't matter how they shuffle the defensive personnel, whether they go 3-5-2, whether they go four at the back. Um, they're still not picking up. They're getting caught out at set pieces and losing goals. And and they play three kind of pretty much recognised strikers in, in, uh, you know, in McNulty, Shankland and Clark, and they still can't score goals. There's a famine. Um, in terms of the midfield, They've got no serious creativity, so they can't create chances. And the few chances that are being created are not being snapped up. Um, they've got no width or, or very little width. Bolton looked as though he might supply that. He looks as though he's gone off the boil. McMullen was allowed to leave for Dens Park. One of the few people that, that were kind of creative that could run at people, get by people and assist and get crosses in and all the rest of it. So, you, you know, you, you look at this... They have not been able to even receive a bid by the looks of it for their two big assets in Shankland, who's been off the boil, and Seagrist. So there's no money coming in. There's no money coming to refresh the squad, to build the squad. So Mickey Mellon now has to deal with, unless he can unearth some genius through freedom of co- who's free on uh, free of contract, because that's the only way you can sign now uh, with the window being shut. Um, they have the squad that they have. And somehow or other, he has got to uh, turn this round to get the best out of a squad that's conceding, not scoring, and not creating, and and that's going to be a major problem. Yeah, Sean. I mean, looking at the looking at the team against Motherwell in midweek, there, um, Mickey Mellon's looked quite sure-footed when he in his you know some of his selections. I think fans haven't haven't uh, they, they've had their, they've had they've been they've been opposed to a lot of things that he's done. But when you see a manager completely changing his central defence, um, and then taking somebody off at half time that, that that gives us worries that cause for worry that isn't it it just looks like he's but not sure what's going what's best for for the side now yeah there's a, there's an argument for that certainly um the, the the flip side of that would be that if he's made the change and you could argue that he's seen that it's not working and, he, and he's reacted to it at half time so yeah. there's, there's another side to that coin too mm-hmm. but for me actually what you've touched on about Jim there about the about them not scoring you can see that and that has been a problem all season I mean when you've got an, an embarrassment of riches up front and never be able to never been able to make them work properly for them um but I, do you know what? I, as as often these things do, I go back to St Johnston here, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, and I'm going back to 2014, 2015, which is oh. the season after they won the Scottish Cup, right? I, th- I thought you might go back now, to that season. Well, right, it's the season. A- no, no, it's the season afterwards, right? So that season they played 38 games, as everybody did. They only scored 34 goals all season, so that's less than a goal a game, and they finished fourth. Yeah, yeah. and qualified for Europe. Because 
they only conceded 34. So they conceded less than a goal a game as well. If you could now, so not scoring a great deal, I mean, it's not good, but it's not necessarily a killer if you're not conceding as well. That's the side of that balance that they've, they've they seem to have lost control of in recent weeks because they are they're, they're coughing the goals up quite regularly, and because they're not scoring, they haven't scored all season. That doesn't look like it's going to change if, if, unless they can sort this defensive problem out. They're they're going to really really struggle. Yeah, I mean, Jim, Jim, they're not they're not the first team to look vulnerable at set pieces, but it has seemed to just go on the whole season, hasn't it? I mean, almost every time there's a free kick. Or a, or a corner, you're 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 sitting there worried that you know they're going to concede a goal. Is that is that fair enough to say that, or is yeah, that harsh I, on them? No, I don't think there's any doubt about that. The the, the, the key thing is, you know, what, what I mean, and 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 Mickey Mellon has kind of, you know, messed uh, messed about, but he's, he's kind of changed at the back. He's not. It looks as though he's not entirely sure what what you know what what he wants to do um, at, at the back. But the key thing is. You know, you either play one or two systems, don't you? You either mark zonally, or you you mark man to man. Personally, I'm a man to man. I've always been a fan of man to man marking. Um, so that requires that you pick up. You know, you pick up the runners. You pick up the guys who are kind of trying to spin off your shoulder for the you know for the corner or the free kick or whatever. Um, and and they get caught. Now, I mean, it's not, it's not an exact science. And the best teams in the world get caught with, with you know with set pieces. I mean, but but it's when you're getting caught out more often than you should be. Uh, and the question now, I made mean, a long chat yesterday with a, with a pal of mine who's a big United fan, um, and, and he said to me, look, we just don't have the players. Now, if, if that's the case, then you, you kind of ask yourself, well, why You know, why did they do so relatively so well until fairly recently when they were still managing to be sixth in the table, albeit they weren't playing brilliantly, but now it's kind of gone off the boil. Well, there's a couple of reasons. Um, one, players get tired physically, mentally, during the course of the season, particularly players who have stepped up from the championship, where it is at a lower level, you know, performing week in, week out at a higher level at anything takes its toll. Um and it looks as though it's taking its toll at the moment. So the, the only answer, because, the, the, you know, they've got the squad they've got, the only answer is to redouble efforts on the training ground and work, 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 drill, 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 which is what we Jim McLean did, you know, hammer it into them um, about picking their man up and, and marking and concentration levels being maintained. Uh, that's, the, that's the way that you stop, um, you know, goals coming against you from set pieces. Yeah, Sean. Sean, you've 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 really kind of. I think you've 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 uh, struck a nail on the head here with this. Mu- you know, the, the first the time music. for everything, mate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, <laughs> just the comparison between United and St Johnson's seasons. I mean, I'm looking at here. Both played twenty seven. Both won six. Mm-hmm. Uh, United have drawn ten. Saints drawn nine. United have lost eleven. Saints have lost twelve um, points. Twenty eight to United twenty seven. If United had come on and 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 just let you know, leapt ahead of St. Johnson within the last week or two, we would be saying, well, that, you know, that, that's that's good for them. But it's the it's the order, isn't it? It's the order of how things are going. I mean, I've even had people saying, well, you know, you look back, it's how, what's happened to previous clubs. I mean, maybe Hibs in the past, for example, it looks like they're just free-falling down the table. I mean, my concern here is that are we kind of, overreacting here and United could then go away and, and get a result or two and it's not going to be enough to just make them safe but it's interesting to compare the two clubs because it really does feel completely differently um, around the two of them doesn't it? It really does. Yeah it's all about context isn't it? I mean St Johnston lost 1-0 at Ibrox in midweek 
one nil at Ibrox is not a bad result. They actually played quite well in that, but before that, they hadn't lost in seven. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's the momentum shit. That's what's different. That's it. St. Johnson seemed That's to be key. catching a wave a wee bit and going in the right direction, whereas United seem to have fallen off. Yeah, and they're going in the other direction. So, and I think that's 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 where the the concern is. But I mean, also, I think I think there there isn't there is also an element of because Dundee United are the club they are, and because supporters quite rightly have expectations about their club and and how it should be playing and how it should be performing. When things take a little dip like that, especially when it hasn't been particularly pretty. I think the the punters would have been prepared to sort of just swallow it for a season if, you know, it kept them up and they did all right. Uh, because Mickey Mellon's always said, you know, this is a process. This is not where I want yeah, to be right, yeah. at the end of it. But at the moment, this is what we've got. And so this is how we're going to be. And I, I respect that. I think that, that's that's a pragmatic approach. And I, I think that's good management. Yeah, same here. But, but now that results have taken this dip and particularly when we're getting we're, we're close to the split now as well yeah, I think we're only is it five games away mm-hmm. or six games uh, away one yeah, of the two six including I tomorrow uh, six including right. the weekend yeah right yeah so we're, we're, we're getting very close to that now and up uh, the run of fixtures up until the split doesn't look pretty no, <laughs> United, I was just, actually I, I was just going to ask Jim about that I mean Jim do you think that that's maybe a reason um, behind the the can the growing concern amongst the United supporters because I'm well the Ross County away they really have to get something there mm-hmm. uh, even to just just kind of you know change the mood um, and then we've got Livingston all conquering yeah. Livingston yeah. probably you know if not after Rangers the form team in the country mm-hmm. you then got Rangers at Ibrox Kilmarnock away where it had a poor result the last time then it's Celtic and then it's Aberdeen uh, at Tannadice both at Tannadice the last That's two. Brutal, eh? I, yeah, I mean that I really is tough, but but the problem is the problem is that if you don't get points when you're playing a Motherwell and a Ross County uh, teams like that Hamilton, then that's 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 when getting into these fixtures is a problem because you know you you've kind of almost lost you've lost these points against the so-called easier games and then you come up against a, a schedule like that. But do you think that that's United fans are looking at that and going, geez, where are we getting the where are we getting the points from? Yeah, I mean they're looking at they're looking at they're looking at a couple of things. They're looking at the the, the recent run of results, one win in twelve. They're looking at the, the the you know the way the team is playing that it's not creating that it is that it is conceding from sometimes daft goals. Um, and it, and it's looking ahead. I mean, what you've got here is you've got kind of the pragmatism of Mickey Mellon. Um, weighed, uh, weighed in the balance against the expectation of United fans and there's a lot of things going on here momentum I think is the key word that Sean, Sean mentioned and momen- the momentum we're comparing them with St. Johnson momentum with St. Johnson has been forward the momentum in recent times for United has been backwards so it's gone from a very pretty picture to a pretty ugly picture pretty quickly and it's how you it's how you shift that momentum how you change it and that's a psychological and a physical battle as well once the psychology of the players in the dressing room changes it's quite difficult to to turn it around now, you know Ross County um, at Dingwall at the Victoria Ground is a very tough one because I think John Hughes is 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 is, is a motivator. Um, they're fighting for their life, so there's a difficult game they're going into right away. Followed by, as you say, the form team Livingston, who who you know who are who are kind of I've read I've read kind of suggestions that Livy are just a big physical team. They're not. They're a really good football team. They've got physique about them, but they're quick on the turn. They've got forwards that can spin off your shoulders. Hard to see United getting anything out of that. Followed by Rangers. 
was uh, almost impossible to see United getting anything out of that. And then Kilmarnock, they'll be, they should have a new manager by the time. And then, you know, then Celtic Aberdeen. So there's a, uh, Sean, Sean was right, a brutal period coming up for them. And Mickey Mellon has to find A, uh, uh, you know, what his best defensive setup is. And he has to absolutely nail the notion of conceding. It's not that they're conceding loads other than the St. Martin game. It's just that if you concede even one, but you don't score one to balance it out or two to take the points, then there's trouble up mill. And, and at the moment, looking ahead to that fixture list, it looks really, really scary for them. Yeah, Sean, we, we both worked the uh, late shift on the transfer window deadline night. Um, what a thriller it was. <laughs> it was a thrill, yeah. Um, I I kind of took the line that United had got through the window uh, mm-hmm. without, losing, without losing their star players. Now, you could say, well, that's good because they need them for what could be a, or what may be a relegation battle. Um, but also, the, the club, when are the club going to bring in some money, the, the much-needed cash? How do we assess that, that transfer window for United? It's a bit of good and bad, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, the, given the, the, the seriousness of the situation, I think um, in particular keeping, keeping um, Benji Segrist is, 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 is a good thing. I suppose yeah, in terms of, in terms of on the pitch, because I mean he he is a sort of keeper that I mean had had it not been for him they wouldn't have got some of the points that they have this mm-hmm. season. He's he's won them points and he, he's certainly capable of doing that going forward. So useful. The other side of that is I don't think it can be spun that United don't need to sell a player or two. How how can it be? Because we've discussed this last week about about the, the the financial situation and going to the foundation to to ask for money from them. Again, this that is what it is. There's no way to spin that as a positive thing. Um, and 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 Mark Ogren has never hidden from the fact that the the financial situation isn't rosy uh, at the moment um, because of the largely because of the impact of the COVID. 19 pandemic he's never shied away from that so yeah uh, is it a good or a bad window <laughs> dearie me uh, both I think it's both <laughs> it's... yeah no listen I agree you can get good points and you get bad points and I mean Jim Jim, what do you think you touched on the, the kind of you know there wasn't any interest in, or no offers or firm offers for, for, mm-hmm. for these players but as, as someone who you know I think we're all looking for the well-being of uh, long term well-being of United would you not have thought that maybe one player would have maybe gone or or, or do you think it's better that they just they keep everybody together and get to the summer what do you think well, I, I think the Seag- I think you know keeping Seagrass has been very important. I mean, he showed his value again at Fir Park in midweek. I mean, Motherwell could have scored, I think, another two or three from what I saw. Um, you know that, that, that he kind of kept at bay. I mean, he, I think along with McGregor, he's probably the best keeper in Scotland uh, at the moment and has been this season. Um, so I, I think that it's very important he was kept, but. You know, there's a there's a difference between saying it was important he was kept, uh, and 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 whether they would have kept him had there actually been a bid on the table. Now, by the looks of it, there were no bids on the table. Now, that that, that actually doesn't surprise me for a goalkeeper. Goalkeepers are, are, are the forgotten men of football. You know, there are very few of them move for huge sums of money, despite the fact that it's a, I think it's a hugely underrated position sometimes. The Shanklin one is really worrying because he's off the boil. There's no getting away from this. You know, I mean, you know, things were going well, called up to Scotland, then injured, 
off the boil, not scoring goals, not getting service, drifting back into midfield to pick the ball up and all the rest of it. And by the looks of it, not a sniff of interest. Now, United need the money. Yeah. You know, United United have always needed the money, Ian. I mean, it's, it's, it's a kind of myth to think that this is a recent thing. Even in, in wee Jim McLean's glory days, they always sold somebody, whether it was a Christian Daly, a Duncan Ferguson, a Raymond Stewart. You know, they, United always sold somebody to balance the books and then to pay the guys the, the very good money that Dundee United tend to pay. And they do pay good money. Um. So that, that always happened. Uh, and when you see people like Sam Cosgrove leaving, when you see the bid in for Kevin yeah. Nisbet, right. uh, you know, who'd only moved from Dunfermline about six months ago to Hibs, then you ask yourself, well, what's going on? Well, what's going on is quite simple. At the moment, very simply, Dundee United don't have any seriously sellable assets. If they did, somebody would have bid for them. Somebody would have bought them. So, um, you know, is it important to keep them? It's important to keep them if they're doing well. Seagrist is, Shanklin's not at the moment. Um, is it important to sell them? Well, I think we know that. You know, when you've got the, you know, Mark Ogren patently um, is strapped for cash at the moment in terms of his business plan. It looks as though there's no more going in this season. They've had to go to the foundation for um, £100,000. I think they've got 60 up front initially. It's probably cleaned the foundation out. Um, it's a, that's the kind of money that'll not touch the sides on the way down. You know, I mean, that'll, that'll keep the lights on for a couple of weeks at Tannadice. So there are there are big, big issues surrounding United. As there are other clubs, we're not, you know, we're not singling United out for this. This has been a, a bizarre period, but Mark Ogden spent a lot of money at Tannadice. It looks as though either he's decided no more, that he's tightened the purse strings or he just doesn't have the money in the, in, in, in the wallet to pay. Um, and, and the two sellable assets they've had, not only have they not turned bids down for them, they've not had any bids to turn down. And that, to me, that's pretty worrying. Yeah, Sean, uh, I, I think you'll agree with me here, but one person who'll have noticed the uh, moves for, uh, well, mo- the attempt to get Nisbet and the move for uh, Cosgrove is uh, Shanklin's agent. Mm. Um, I mean, do you think he personally is, is going, well, you know, when is this going to work for me? When is this going to happen for me? Uh, well, it can only be the summer now. Um, yeah. But uh, do you think there's a, there, there, do you think Shanklin's the type of guy that'll just go on with things and get the head down? Whenever I, whenever I've spoken to him, he he strikes me as that sort. Yeah, um, and and the, I mean the, the Nisbet thing in particular, Cosgrove sort of not quite as much because Cosgrove this season hasn't really been on fire the way he was mm-hmm. last season yeah. either. Um, but but Nisbet. I mean, he he's he's now the hot talked about young striker in Scotland, yes. isn't he? Yeah. Having moved yeah. from Dunfermline up to Hibs and continued to score in the Premiership, and he, and he Shanklin, was Shanklin, overshadowed. He was overshadowed by Shanklin last season. Mm-hmm. Oh, a hundred percent, he was. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there was absolutely there was no compar well, no real comparison. I mean, Shanklin last season was in the Scotland squad as a Championship player. Mm-hmm. Kevin Nisbet wasn't. Um, so Shanklin was the was the big thing. Um, the problem is that United have got promoted off the back of largely his goals and he hasn't been scoring in the Premiership. And it's not, it's not necessarily, it's not his fault, I don't think. It's just that, that the team hasn't, it doesn't serve him properly. And we can see that, the same can be said about McNulty. Clark to a lesser extent, because he's managed to put a few away, Um Albeit with a few penalties in there as well, I think. But um, it's just not working for Shankland at the moment. When it comes to the summer, are United going to see a seven-figure bid 
for Lauren mm-hmm. Shankland off the back well, of this season? I don't think so. That's the, that's the problem, isn't it? The, the problem, the problem, man. You you, you you hit it on the head. I mean, are they going to see that bid? Um, now, you, there's a couple of things here. Are they going to see the bid on this forum? Patently not. Um, uh, and on the other uh, other side of the coin, you've got Lauren Shanklin, who's on very good money. Um, perhaps yeah. you know one of the highest, depending on the loan deal for McNulty and all the rest. Of it, but you know, certainly from United perspective, probably the highest paid deal, uh, player by a way at Tannadice. Now the gamble there was United would bring a guy in, a proven goal scorer, pay him big money. And they knew they would sell them within a year or something like that, and they'd get their money back yeah. recouped. The situation now is you've got a guy earning the kind of money that, frankly, United probably cannot afford in their current situation with, what is it, a couple of years left on his deal, um, um, and, and not a sellable asset the way he is performing at the moment. That, that's that, that's a double-edged sword for United. Yeah, and I also think uh, at the back of Shanklin's mind there'll be this, well, at the front of his mind, Will be his whole Scotland situation and yep. coming up towards the the, the Euros, which as fingers crossed will go ahead, and uh, hopefully he'll be in the squad. I wish him well on that, but uh, I think he needs a he needs an end good end to the season. I think to push him to push him towards you know you know the the focus there for that because as as Sean rightly says Nisbet, uh, and you've got you've got a whole host of others um, that, that that are looking that are looking uh, contenders for that squad. So. Aye, well, we'll see. Now, United go up to uh, Dingwall this weekend. Now, that would always be a, a, a difficult game, I think, because because of the journey, etc. But it's really it's really one where United United need to get something, Jim, don't they? I mean, you're yeah. looking at you're looking at them having to at least get a draw. I would suggest they really need to go and win, which they've done they've done before. Yeah, I mean, I, I think so. Um, now, I mean, Ross County are an intriguing uh, intriguing club. I mean, they're, they're you know they're they, they're owned by a man who's kind of you know a very very wealthy individual who puts a lot of money in. Roy McGregor, you know, a great guy, Roy. Um, uh, he's made some questionable decisions about managers he's had in and out. Um, he's now going for, for John Hughes, Yogi, who was twice Ian, as you guys well know, he was twice within an ace of landing a Dundee United job in the past. He you know? was, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, on one occasion within half an hour. <laughs> um, so, you know, and then things went kind of sideways for various reasons. Is that when, uh, but, was know, that Jackie, the Jackie's appointment, Jimmy? Yeah, I mean, he, yeah. he was, um, I mean, I, 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 I was actually standing tuned the fact with uh, John Bennett, um, former Dundee United director, one one Sunday evening in the Perth Road, when my phone went and it was um, it, it was Yogi's agent, uh, you know, wondering at that time uh, Raymond Sparks wondering what was going on, saying, "What the hell's happening? He's meant to be getting the job, it's all gone quiet." Um, so you know, but any of that, that that's an aside. I, I I think John Hughes is a hugely underrated manager. He's won the Scottish Cup. I was on that bus with him touring Inverness when the, the day after they brought the cup home. He's, he's a hugely underrated manager. All on the basis you love of an a, open a top short, bus, Jim. Do you? Yeah, I, I love an open top bus. I've been on three now, Sean. I'm hoping to do a few more. Um, <laughs> see but, when it, see <laughs> when he's on just a normal bus, he still sticks his head out the window. I know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but you know I I think Yogi will turn will turn them around and it was I mean they, they won uh, you know they won last time at, at Hamilton two one um, narrowly defeated at Motherwell uh, took a hammer at Rangers before that but you sense that he will turn he will turn them round you know now the, the key thing is will he turn them round in time for this game on Saturday uh, against United well the way that United are playing it, it's entirely possible I mean you know. County are fighting for their lives, but they're sitting there on 23 points. They're only five points behind United. So if they win this one, same games played, suddenly they're within two points. And and that's where yeah. we are now. Clubs are really battling and scrapping for, for every point. So it's a really, really difficult 
game this one for United, and 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 it's one that they cannot afford. I think to uh, I don't think they can afford to lose it. I think they've got it. They need to take a point at least from it. I think you know. Well, good luck to uh, Mellon and uh, Mickey Mellon and his players going up there. I hope Can the I just say, ju- yeah, here, before we move on, I don't want to interrupt, but actually you mentioned Mickey Mellon and I've been sitting on this for a few minutes. I, I just wanted to say, if there's somebody that I feel a bit sorry for through this entire thing, it's Mickey Mellon. Yeah. Because I'd, he's, 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 getting, he's getting it in the neck from an increasing number of United fans now. Yeah. I'm seeing it on social media a lot. A lot of them are, are at the point of calling for his head. And I actually, I, I don't think that he's done a, a terrible job. I actually think he's he's been he's had this team at his disposal, and for much of the season, he's actually made it made it more than the sum of its parts. Essentially, albeit they've got some great players up top, but the the rest of the team hasn't hasn't really supported that. And I don't, I, I think he's tried his best to be pragmatic, and largely he's done pretty well. And it's only in this last little while that the results have kind of turned against them. And I actually think he's getting a, he's getting a raw deal. I think. Yeah. No, there's been games this season where he's definitely had the team. He he's pushed the team over the line with what things that he's done. So although I'm I'm kind of highlighting the fact he changed his central defence and he's trying different things. There's been tactics uh, that he's done and things that he's done in games that that's won United points as a manager should. But I agree, I agree absolutely with that. I think he has had them punching above their weight a bit yeah. uh, earlier in the season. Now it's kind of evening out a bit, and it's just whether United can keep their heads above that danger zone. No, I, I mean I, Sean's right on this. I mean, you know, the, the the question you always ask yourself, and and Sean's absolutely right. The, the, I mean, like, social media is not the world, but <clears throat> increasingly it plays a big, big part in shaping and and. Uh, forming viewpoints of people and people who maybe aren't paying as much attention start to get sucked into to things. Now, the truth of the matter is Mellon's come in, he's inherited a squad, he's not been able to build his own squad, um, <clears throat> he's not been able to, I mean, he's brought what, McNulty in and loan, you know, he, he's got what he's got, he's, he's kind of trying at a very awkward time um, without being able to bring players in, without being able to sell the players that he would like during this window and bring some fresh players in uh, to, to you know, rebirth the club. I, I, and, and until recently, you know, sitting sixth in the, in the table, and, and the whole notion of good football, that's a wholly subjective thing. You know, it's kind of, that's like somebody, uh, you know, loves a pint of Guinness and somebody can't suffer the, the taste of the stuff. You know, I mean, the objective football is a, a, a good football is a subjective notion with anyone. Um, but, you know, the truth of the matter is he's walked in, I think, to a club that's gone through a period of real kind of bitterness and divide going back to the Thompson years. And oh, you, you have everything to, to bring in, the sale of the players to Celtic, uh, you know, the, the the way the club was heading, uh, Ogren coming in, it looking as though it'd be a bright new dawn, Nielsen suddenly disappearing. You come up to the Premiership, it looks as though it's going well. And then, you know, and then it's all starting to go kind of pear-shaped at the moment. Now, the truth of the matter is, you know, if some United fans were to have their way and get Mellon out the door, who's going to come in and do better? That's as you've always going to ask at this particular time. I mean, would would that be a serious, a serious question for United fans? You want you want them out the door. If you do, then who who do you bring in? Uh, and it'll not just be him that's getting in the neck. I mean, it's, you know, the, the, the sporting director's starting to get in the neck on social media as well now. So, you know, again, and I hate to use this phrase, but kind of been there, I've seen it close up. You've got a, an element of the support base that, that just are very, very angry. Uh, and, and that's a difficult thing to contain. Yeah, I think it can be summed up that that um, Mickey Mellon hasn't been allowed or to do the job the way he would have liked to have done it. Um, he would have liked to have 
brought in players that he would have sourced and, and, and been able to, to, to enhance the squad, had a bit of cash to spend, wouldn't have had all the, the coronavirus restrictions, you know. So he, he hasn't really been able to do, to show, to show his best um, as a manager, I think. And he's been held back because of the situation the club finds themselves in. I, I agree with that. Um, well, anyway, best of luck to United. I mean, I, I, think, it, I think it really is one of their one of the most important games of this season, if not the most that they're facing. Uh, so, uh, and I hope the I hope the bus boss gets through the Cairngorms <laughs> through all the snow. Um, okay, so we'll move on to uh, St. Johnson. We have a mouthwatering prospect of a Betfred Cup final rehearsal against Livingston uh, this weekend, Sean. Yeah, um, it'll be fascinating. I mean, is it is it a psychological test as much as a physical test for Saints? You know, going in against Livingston because well, the, uh, 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 maybe a, a two goal defeat or worse is, is a problem ahead of the final, or is it? Or, or alternatively, if they go there and get something, what a boost that would give them is is that is the mind kind of side of, uh, of football almost going to be as important as the physical uh, thing this weekend? Do you think? Well, if it's all right with you, I'll wait till after the final. Then I'll answer that. <laughs> but uh, no, no. In all in all seriousness, I I think I just I don't tee them up, any... wouldn't it? I would tee them up a yeah. bit more. There's absolutely no doubt. As much as and I, I know we've got we've got um, Craig Bryson and, and the Courier today um, saying that it's not a it's not a dress rehearsal for the final. Rubbish. Yeah, absolutely, we've is. all seen them over the years. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's there's no doubt that that St Johnson and Livingston both. We'll be looking at this game and going. They'll, they'll be feeling a wee tickle because this is this has got a wee edge to it now because of the cup final coming up. Um, and actually, I'm going to go back to a, a year that that brings uh, both of you guys a, a wee bit of pain. I'm afraid 2014 <laughs> again, second time this podcast. Oh, Never uh, I don't like know go. what the, re- I don't be, know what the record getting, is. You'll be getting the red card. <laughs> <laughs> but the, I don't know if you remember, but before I think it was um, it was maybe three four weeks before the final. There was a, a United came to McDermott Park in the league. That's right, yeah, yeah. And St Johnson beat them comfortably, um, and I, I think psychologically that was a big one because I think at that, that because of the nature of that win, I think St Johnson went, oh here, we've got this lot, we can we can we can have them in the final. I think it I think it did make a big difference. So there's no doubt in my mind whatsoever that both Livingston and Saints will be looking at this game and thinking, right. Let, let's let's make this count here because if you get a comfortable win in this league game, I think that sets you up really, really nicely. Yeah, I mean, Jim, I, I, would you agree with that? Because my experience has been that players do say, "Oh no, this is this is a totally separate match." When we all know, as Sean rightly says, particularly that one that's still fresh in all our minds was St Johnson had the had the momentum, had the psychological edge over United going into that Scottish Cup final. Um, Tommy Wright had 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 Jackie McNamara's yeah, uh, had game single, plan. You know, mm-hmm. he, he had it beaten yeah. before the kickoff. Um, absolutely. So, do you would you agree that there could be this significance this weekend to, to this game? I, I, I think that there's significance, obviously, and there's psychologically there's significance. I mean, they've met before, obviously, this season, but I mean, there's there's significance in the respect that. Um, you know, you're at a stage in the season where you know if you haven't found your feet by now, if you haven't found kind of some degree of form, then you then you've got to be you've got to be worried. Now, there's good signs for Saints. I think they're kind of they're coming on to things. They're not exactly where I thought they'd be. I thought they'd be give or take top six by by now. But Livingston are absolutely kind of you know the, the, the forum team. I mean, their, their form has been 
quite incredible, you know, coming out, I mean, off the back of a, a win at Petaudry 2-0, they drew with Aberdeen just before that at, at their own patch, I mean, they'd beaten Kilmarnock, they'd beaten St Martin, they, they had a, a couple of draws with Celtic, you know, they, they, they are just on a, a, an incredible run of form, you know, things like uh, thumping Hibs at Easter Road 3-0 and all the rest, they're on a quite incredible run of form, and I think the last time out against Saints, it was, it was two, they won 2-1, didn't they, as I uh, recall at McDermott, you know, so they are a very, very good football team. There's no, no doubt about that. Physically strong, physically quick, mentally very alert and all the rest of it. And I, I think for Saints to win this one or, or you know, or, or to hold it to a draw, and there's a big big points gap between the two of them, which indicates the difference in form. I think for Saints to take a point of this one or win this one would, would, would be a massive psychological boost. There'll be a different game on the day. A final has different dynamics, different mindset and all the rest of it. Um, but I, I don't think it does it, it does you much good to, uh, you know, to go and, uh, and to meet them in a couple of weeks' time, having lost to them uh, just a, a few weeks uh, previously. So again, I think a big, big game uh, for for Saints and, and and one that I think they'd want, they certainly want to win, certainly want to take a point from. Um, a, a point from this one, the way Livingston are playing, would actually be a very good result. Jim, going back to you, if you don't mind, um, what do we what do we make of the whole Martindale uh, story? It's that's one of the stories of the season, isn't it? I mean, if it wasn't for Gerard, Stephen Gerard, probably going to win the league within you know the next month or so. Um, he, he would be a candidate for for manager of the year, wouldn't he? I mean, it's just the, it's just astonishing what he's what he's done there. I, it's absolutely remarkable. Um, you know, the, the, I mean, I, I think I touched on it the other week in terms of kind of I'm a courier common the rehabilitation. I mean, you know, he, he did time. He did three and a half years of a six year sentence for a very very serious crime. You know, I mean, you know, it's serious and organised crime stuff when you're dealing drugs at, at the level he was, and it's got a hellish impact on on people's lives. Now the guy's turned himself around and everybody deserves a second chance in life. He's turned that round. He was putting the cones out at Livingston five years ago. Only ever played junior football. He's gone through various courses and all the rest of it. He's now passed the fit and proper person test. But he appears to have the knack of getting the very, very best um, out of players and organising. And they play with a kind of, they play with a, you know, um, um, a style of play which they're all comfortable with. He knows his style of play. He's got, you know, people like Mullen and Pittman up front. The guy, um, what do you call him? The guy uh, Devlin and, and Saran you know, look good in, in, in the wide position. He tends to go with a three, four, a two, and a, and a one. He's got uh, Emmanuel Thomas up front, or uh, you know, that, that's the usual setup. And he's also got very tidy players. Uh, on the bench as well, you know Robinson and and Forrest, Marvin Bartley and things like. That. I mean, they are, they are a very very good, physically strong side. But he obviously has something about him. Whether it's the background he's come from, whether guys tap into that, they're a club where they'll not pay huge wages. They'll not pay vast vast amounts of wages, you know. Um, but he he has garnered and fostered a team spirit and a team style, which is, is you know you cannot embark on the on, on the run that they have had through sheer luck. There's much more to it than that. And they've assembled a really good squad of players, a squad of players who play to their own strengths, don't try to do what they can't do. But there's a fair amount of ability uh, uh, in there as well, you know, in, in terms of kind of, um, you know, the, the way they, they, they attack with pace, they, they, they attack, uh, you know, quite viciously, uh, aggressively. And I don't mean that in a bad sense. I mean, they, they have this absolute desire to win. I mean, the, the wheels will come off the wagon somewhere. From our perspective, let's hope it's at St. Johnston. Yeah, but exactly. they really are. They really are a formidable. <laughs> Formidable sight. Yeah, Sean. Uh, going back to Saints, I mean, what do we make of uh, the kind of ins and outs at the club? Uh, I'm thinking about it, but there's a deal for for one of my favourite players, as we know, David uh, Wotherspoon. Um, mm-hmm. We've got uh, Callum Hendry going up to Aberdeen. 
Charlie Gilmore, good pedigree all through the Scotland youth ranks up to 19s, I believe. So what do we make of, of how things have gone at, at St. Johnson? Callum Hendry is the interesting one, Aye. I think, because um, I mean, he was, he was, last season he was, he was great. He scored off the bench. I can't remember the exact numbers off the top of my head, but on quite a few occasions. And then when he was handed a start, eventually he kept on going, kept on scoring goals. And you looked at him and thought, oh, yeah, he's got a bit of everything. He's, he's, he's quick, he's powerful. Good finisher, all all the ingredients are there, and I thought this season he's really going to kick on. It just hasn't worked out for him this season at all. He had chances towards the start of the season, but um, whenever as it as it went, as things ticked on and the goal didn't come, and actually he did have a goal, but it was incorrectly ruled out for offside against Hibbs uh, near the start of the season. Um, if he if that one had stood, who knows? He might have kicked on from there. But after that, and as the goals continued not to come for him, he, he, you could see him just getting a wee bit desperate and starting to snatch at stuff. And the finishing got a bit wayward, and it just it, it, the the head went a bit. I think he would dispute that. I'm sure, but um, that's what it looked like certainly. Um, so not playing, and we come to January and. I don't think anybody could have predicted that he would go to Aberdeen on loan, or indeed that Hibs were absolutely, and Hibs were looking at him as well. Um, had Kevin Nisbet moved on, he he was their backup. Oh, he was one of their oh. backup plans as well. So, what does that tell you about the boy? For me, it it tells you that there, there are managers in Scotland at good clubs who've got their eye on him, and they think, yeah, I can do something with this kid. Now that's off the back of last season's evidence rather than this season, but <laughs> it's quite incredible, really, because the the scenario for me about Aberdeen is good luck to him. I really, really hope he does well because last season he was so impressive. But the the, the worry for St Johnson fans, and now he's he's contracted until not this summer, but next one. But if he goes up to Aberdeen and does really well, is there a scenario whereby he ends up coming back to St Johnson next season? I'm not sure. I'm not sure there is. No. So the concern is that you send him on loan to, to a good club. If he does well, I can't. I, I, I see him leaving. And then we won't see him again. I suppose you could say you'll get some money in the door for him, but I still think he's a good player. So it's, it's, sort, of a, it's sort of a confusing one for me. Uh, yeah, yeah, it could be. It could be not so good for the club, but I think it'll, it, it looks like it's going to be good for the player. It's up to him to take that chance. Uh, mm. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, good luck to Saints, and uh, hope they can stop the Livy in their tracks and give them something to think about before that final. Okay, and we're moving on to Dundee now because, uh, what, Jim, what do you make of things? There seems to be in in, in bursts, doesn't it? Dundee get a a good few results, and then I've had they've had a wee bit of a of a a, a difficult patch against losing losing quite you know three one to Wraith. But I think James McPake, the manager, said after there there were there were circumstances surrounding it with player availability etc. So do we, do we still think Dundee are doing all right? They can they can kick on. Well, that that was a really bad blow. <clears throat> we kind of, I was at the game at Dens where where Wraith scored in the last few minutes to equalise against against them that day. It was a game that they should have won in the first half. They were utterly dominant, and then you know Wraith came storming into it in the second half. So, you know, that I, I'd seen that. I have to say, I don't think I saw them losing three um, one on on 
Saturday. I mean, and, and they took the lead uh, too, you know, through uh, Osmond. So, but I mean, you know, the, uh, the, the, that's a bad result. I understand what James is saying and all the rest of it, but you know, I mean, it, McMullen and so there, McGowan up front, you know, Charlie Adam, um, Burnley midfield, you know, a back four have been doing okay. Faggy Walcott came in, I know. Um, and I look at the bench, uh, you know, with like say, you know, Mullen available and and Jason Cummings available, who came on as well. And I just think that, you know, with all due respect to Wraith, that looks a stronger side than than Wraith should be. I mean, they've got a bigger squad, they'll pay bigger money and all the rest of it. And it just strikes you that it's one step forward, one step backward with Dundee. You know, so I mean, if you look, you know, they've lost the Wraith. That's coming off the back of the Friday night. One-one uh, uh, down at Gayfield against our broth, a really tough um, game against Bonnie Roads where they, you know, where they squeezed through eventually, uh, and yet before that, a great performance in beating Hearts three-one, beating Alloa uh, before that, and, and, and you know, and a three-one down at Queen's, three three ones on the bounce, and a, a three-all draw against Dunfermline again, one was it where they should have, uh, you know, I, I think won it. So it, it, it's finding it's that devil of consistency for Dundee, finding consistency, putting together a, a good, long uh, run, which is going to trouble, um, you know, hearts. I mean, Dunfermline, Wraith and Dundee are all in the scrap now uh, for, for, for second spot. You know, for the, they're, they're, they're the teams that'll, that'll fight it for playoff places. But that defeat at the weekend, albeit there's still a game in hand, 13 and hearts have played 14 and it's a shortened season, remember. Hearts have got a 13-point lead. I, I, I just don't see them squandering that, and they've, they've strengthened as well. Cummings, I mean, we've, we've all seen Cummings now saying he's a, you know, he's not as, as much a jack the lad as, as everyone says he is. Well, I'm a great believer in seeing players. How, ve- how very polite, Jim? How very polite? Yeah, aye, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm very keen on seeing guys doing it on the pitch as opposed to talking off it. But I mean, yeah, I, mean, I like the boy as a, as a player. I thought he was decent. Just the other week, watch. I, I'm sitting watching Shrewsbury. I think, oh, there's, there's Cummings. Forgot, forgot he was there. All of a sudden, he's back at Dens. McMullen, I think, gives him pace, gives him a wee bit of, you know, invective up front and all the rest of it. Um, and I saw James saying we're building for next season, but the problem is, just as just as fans don't, you know, don't, aren't interested in one year or two or three year plans, fans want to see results now. And, and I think it's all very well building for next season. You've got to have that at the back of your mind, but right at the forefront, you've got to start putting a run together. And going away to Stark Park and losing 3-1 was, was, was a really bad blow, I think. Yeah, Sean, I mean, it doesn't seem too long ago I was sitting in the house watching Dundee against Hearts going, yes, this looks like, never mind, you know, being in a playoff position. They could give it a go for the, the, the title here. But mm. just you just look at the league table. To me, it looks like Hearts are away. It looks like it's done. I agree with Jim. I mean, it's done firm on Wraith Dundee. The five teams are, are going to be battling it out with Dundee all season. Aren't they? Do, you, do you think Dundee can maybe pull themselves clear of that and I mean how is it going to work out there do you think it's a three way thing for trying to get second probably um, I, but as Jim says I mean Dundee have got the personnel yeah the, the, in theory you would think they, they should be able to stretch away and, and, and finish second reasonably comfortably that's not to take anything away from Dunfermline or, or, or from Wraith Rovers or anybody else for that matter but you look at you look at the players Dundee have got at their disposal and you think aye Come on, they, they, there, there should be enough there. Um, I got to take a degree of responsibility for that um, that loss at the weekend there because I think it was just last week I was saying Dundee could go on. A, I think I said they could win seven in a row. 
Lucky but hasn't it been that kind of season <laughs> where we've all kind of been made to look fools by the clubs because oh. you know they look like they're going away to kick on and then and then so so you do then say oh yeah it's going to be this it's going to be that and then you go oh, well and a couple of results later you're oh, well it's not looking so good now but that's been yeah, like I, do, I, I like that Dundee logic clubs. Yeah. yeah, I do. I do enjoy that logic. Yeah, it's the clubs that have made us. It's their fault. No, it's, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, nothing, to do, nothing to do with my idiotic <laughs> opinions at all. <laughs> there were some fascinating uh, stats come out during the week. Uh, I have to say, I, mean, I was looking at you know a wee Twitter exchange where um, David Begg, an old colleague of mine at BBC, and and, and Jim Delahunt, you know the, the STV kind of. Um, Pundit, former jockey, I'm talking about you know with fans not being at games. The number of away wins yeah. has been incredible. You know, both in the Premier, the Premier League in England, and the Premiership here as well. It's, it's quite remarkable, more than there have been for umpteen years. You know, so you wonder too about the dynamics of, of things without fans being um, at the game. I mean, one of you know one of the things we haven't touched on was the, the, the St. Johnson was the Kemar Roof um, situation. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where, uh, uh, you know, the, 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 I thought a shocking tackle on Murray Davidson, you know, which should have been a red card. I kind of wonder, I mean, you know, Rangers uh, 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 tend, tend to get the, the big decisions anyhow against the smaller clubs like Saints. But you kind of wonder, you know, if you're not going to get a decision when there's no fans in the ground, you know, what chance have you got when there are fans in the ground? But I think there's been a big, big difference this season with no fans in the ground. It equalises things up, you know? Yeah, well, I hope this thing about away teams... Uh... Winning doesn't have impact Dundee this this weekend. Um, to finish on a on a, a really positive note, I think for for Dundee, Jim, um, this uh, performance school at St John's that that they've uh, they've setting up setting up. I mean, it's, it was called by the club a, a monumental partnership. Um, I mean, that's a grand description. But do you think that it's a monumental it's a, description? Yeah. Do you think it's a do you think it's a kind of a right way to describe this this thing? I mean, it, it looks exciting news for for Dundee as a club. Yeah. No. I mean, I'm I, I'm delighted with it. Ian. I mean, I've actually touched on it in my, my courier column for for tomorrow. I mean, my you know my mm-hmm. I get fair. I'm saying this. I mean, my oldest laddie, um, uh, Laurie, went right through the ranks. At, I think he just signed for Dundee when he was in primary seven, and and went all the way through and had a couple of years with as Barry Smith's under 19s keeper. You know, I think like a lot. You know, running. In the Spence family, the height tended to, to be against him, but um, you know, I, I, he had great times at Dens, he had some smashing times at Dens, played on Ibrox, played on Hamden, played all over the shop. Um, and I think it's really, really important that, that Dundee, and I think they've been a wee bit sluggish this way, build on on, on the local community and build uh, through local boys and all the rest of it. And and the, the, the you know, the, the the Johnnies, as we call it here in Dundee, had a, a great record. The SFA performance school has been in there since 2012. The kids get you know, they, they got all sorts of technical skills mental skills, tactical appreciation of the game, diet, um, they get their lessons as well, preparing them because not everyone will make it in football, they'll do their 10,000 hours, I think it's a great thing I think it, Dundee are absolutely to be commended for it, I think it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's you know, whether I call it monumental is, is arguable, but it's certainly casting the right of the future and being quite visionary about things, so fair play to Dundee for it, I think it's a good idea. Yeah, here, here and on that note, on that positive note gentlemen, I think we'll wrap up well, this has been the Courier Talking Football Podcast and uh, thanks to Jim and Sean and also thanks to you for listening. Goodbye now. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people to find talking football and that means a lot to us. 
Don't forget too to pick up your copy of The Courier Monday to Saturday or go to thecourier.co.uk slash subscribe to find out how to get our award-winning sport, business and local journalism across Tayside and Fife in the way that's right for you. The Courier. Local matters.